There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I went to a friend's house in the Bridgeport area. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Of Harrison County, West Virginia, at the site of my new rifle, he began to tell me a story of a strange animal that was killed on this farm by the man who owned it before his death. The farmer was a coon hunter and went out almost every night. One night, the farmer's dogs got on a scent and took off. They ran for about an hour and stopped at the base of a tree, as usual. The farmer made his way up the hill to the tree to shoot the coon. The dogs had cornered. There was nothing there. Thinking this was very strange, he started to look around when he noticed a tree with its limbs shaking. 
Something was jumping from tree to tree to keep from being seen. The farmer, finding this very strange, went and told my friend what had happened and dismissed it altogether. About a week later, the supposed creature did the same trick. This made the old man suspicious because his dogs were very well trained and had never let him down before. This happened for about a month, when one night the dogs treed an animal and the farmer got there quickly and shot it. To his surprise, it was no coon. It had long grayish-brown hair and was about five feet tall. Its hands were human-like, and its feet were more hand-like than anything. <clears throat> I told my friend he was crazy, so he decided to prove it to me. He told me the old man kept the animal but did not have it mounted because he was afraid he had done something wrong. My friend took me to the old barn, and there it was. The old man had nailed its carcass to the wall. I was shocked. It was built a lot like a human and had hair six or seven inches long on it. It had very large, sharp teeth and resembled some kind of ape. Looking creature, I told my friend I wouldn't say anything about it, but I feel that it is my duty to report this. If anyone has any idea what this animal could be, please let me know. My girlfriend and I are renting a cabin in West Virginia. On Thursday, a nasty ice storm came through and knocked out the power. It has been out ever since. The whole county is dark and will be for a while. The animals are acting bold. Last night, my girlfriend and I walked out to the end of the long driveway to get something out of the car. A dog started staring at the edge of the field and went towards it. He is young, and so he gets distracted and does sometimes wander. He doesn't run away, but you will look up and see him behind the house or something. Anyway, my girlfriend runs to him and starts to bring him back when I spot something at the edge of the field. It's what the dog was looking at. I see it run across the road and into the field. It was very low to the ground and pale in color. It's too fast and dark to make out what it is. I assume it's Coyote. So I call out to her. Hey, there's something over there. Get back here, and she walks back over to me by the car. From there, we hold the light and shine it over that direction. I see its eyes looking at us. Then I see more sets of eyes, probably about seven in total. They are shifting up and below the hill in the field, hiding and peeking out to see us. At this point, we still think it's coyotes. So I keep the light on them while she gets what she needs from the car. The thing is, I kept my light and my eyes on them the whole time, and they seemed to stand up. Suddenly, their eye shine would rise up as if they stood up on their back legs. Their eyes went from about one, two feet off the ground to easily five, six feet. I did not mention this to her, and I just said, Coyotes, let's go inside. Throughout the night, we would have to go outside to put gas in the generator, as the power was still off. She held the flashlight, and I filled up the generator. She is shining the light around, keeping an eye out for anything, as well as keeping the dog with us. She spots two sets of eyes about 100 yards away, at the bottom of the big hill that the house sits on. She says something's down there. I say coyotes are deer. She says whatever it is just doubled in size. And sure enough, I look, 
and these things were rising up and back down like the ones early. We have coyotes here. Everything about these events screams coyote to me, but I cannot fathom how they stood up like that. I saw it run across the road, and though I did not get a good look at it, it was not a deer. It was fast and low to the ground. It did not bound and jump like the deer do. I have been thinking about it all day. Like it had to be a coyote, but then how did it get so tall? My name is Aitai, a name that means spirit in our Navajo language. I am a warrior of my tribe, my skin bronzed by the desert sun, my body chiseled from the harsh living conditions of our land. I carry the tradition and stories of my people in my heart, with the wisdom of our ancestors echoing in my mind. I was raised under the watchful eyes of my grandfather, a respected elder whose stories were as numerous as the stars in the sky. One story he shared with me has haunted my dreams since childhood. It started with the arrival of archaeologists, strangers from a distant land, eager to uncover the secrets buried deep within our sacred grounds. They were ignorant of the balance of our world, how the living coexists with the spirits of our ancestors. My grandfather was a young man back then, curious and wary of these newcomers. The archaeologists began their work, their tools disturbing the silence of our ancestral resting place. They ignored the warnings, the pleas to respect our sacred lands. It was not long before the tranquility of our lives was shattered. The spirit they awoke was a skinwalker. My grandfather's voice would tremble as he spoke. The skinwalker, a malevolent entity capable of taking any form it desired. The archaeologists had disturbed its rest, and in its wrath it sought vengeance. Unprepared for the terror they had unleashed, the archaeologists turned to my tribe for help. My grandfather, despite his anger at their ignorance and the desecration of our land, agreed to assist them. He was, after all, an advocate for peace and understanding. The skinwalker attacked relentlessly, its shape, shifting form, sowing chaos and fear. Half of our tribe, along with the archaeologists, fell to its fury. My grandfather, a young warrior then, could only watch in despair. But it was in this despair that a glimmer of hope arose. An elder, known for his spiritual connection, stepped forward. He was a quiet man, a healer, and deeply respected. He proposed a sacrifice, a way to appease the skinwalker and restore balance. His life for the peace of our tribe. My grandfather told me how the elder approached the wrathful skinwalker, his voice steady and calm. He offered his life, his spirit, to quiet the disturbed one. The skinwalker, perhaps sensing the truth and sincerity in the elder's spirit, accepted. In a flash of blinding light, the elder and the skinwalker vanished, leaving behind a stunned silence. Our tribe had lost many, but the skinwalker's reign of terror was over. I carry this story in my heart, a reminder of the balance we must maintain with our ancestors, our lands. It's a testament to the courage and sacrifice of our people. And it's a warning to those who dared disrupt the sacred grounds of the Navajo. My name is Adi, and I am a warrior, a guardian of our stories, our traditions, and our lands.
I had been working as a park ranger for many years and had always heard rumors about the mysterious creature known as Bigfoot. Most dismissed it as a myth, but there were enough sightings over the years to make me curious. One night while on patrol I saw something moving in the distance. I approached cautiously, my flashlight shining on a huge hairy creature standing over eight feet tall. It was Bigfoot. I couldn't believe it. The creature that had been the subject of countless legends was standing right in front of me, and it was angry. It charged at me, and then I instinctively pulled out my knife, ready to defend myself. The creature was strong, but I was fast and managed to dodge its attacks. I swung my knife with all my strength and landed a hit on its chest. It roared in pain, but didn't back down. We battled for what seemed like an eternity until finally I landed a fatal blow. Bigfoot stumbled back and I watched as it collapsed onto the ground, motionless. I was both scared and amazed at what I had accomplished. But my victory was short-lived. As I made my way back to the station, I noticed that something wasn't right. I was injured and the wounds were getting worse by the minute. I knew that Bigfoot had hurt me more than I realized. I stumbled through the woods trying to make it back to the station, but it was too late. I collapsed on the ground, my strength fading away. I could hear the sound of my colleagues' voices in the distance, but it was too late. The injuries were too severe. I knew that I was going to die. As I lay there, I thought about my life and all the things I had accomplished. I had always loved my job and felt honored to protect the park and all its inhabitants. But I never imagined that my encounter with Bigfoot would be my downfall. In the end, I died alone in the woods, a victim of a creature that most people didn't even believe existed. But I knew the truth, and I hoped that my story would serve as a warning to others who dared to venture into the unknown. The park could be a beautiful and peaceful place, but it was also full of danger, and sometimes that danger could be too much to handle. I had always loved working as a park ranger. The fresh air, the beautiful landscapes, and the opportunity to help people made it the perfect job for me. But when I discovered that my colleagues and supervisor were hiding the truth about dangerous predators in the park, everything changed. I couldn't believe it at first. The idea that something was stalking people in the woods seemed like a fairy tale. But the evidence was clear, and I couldn't ignore it. When I confronted my colleagues, they denied everything and told me to mind my own business. But I knew that I couldn't stay silent. I decided to take matters into my own hands and went into the woods alone to find out what was really going on. I had my rifle with me just in case. As I walked deeper into the forest, I began to hear strange noises. Branches cracking, leaves rustling and something moving in the bushes. My heart was pounding in my chest and I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Suddenly, I saw it. A huge, hulking creature with razor-sharp claws and glowing red eyes. It was one of the predators that had been attacking people in the park. I knew that I had to act fast if I wanted to survive. I aimed my rifle and fired, hitting the creature in the chest. It roared in pain and charged at me, its claws slashing through the air. I fired again and again, until the creature finally fell to the ground. I felt a surge of relief and triumph, but also a sense of horror. This creature had been human once before it was transformed into a monster by my former colleagues' experiments. They had been playing God, and now innocent people were paying the price. 
I knew that I had to tell the world what had happened to make sure that nothing like this could ever happen again. I walked out of the woods feeling both proud and haunted by what I had done. Unfortunately, no one believed me. When I said that I have proof and that I'll lead them to corpse, they just laughed and called me crazy. Am I really crazy? So I know this is going to sound weird and ridiculous, but the craziest thing happened at Walmart today that kind of freaked me out for a while. So me and my girlfriend go to Walmart pretty frequently. It's cheap, and sometimes they have really cool Disney and anime shirts and stuff that we like, and it's only five minutes from our house. So she told me she was going to check the women's clothes to see if they have any biker shorts while I was going to go to the men's section to see if they had any new anime or Disney shirts. We decided I would just meet back with her since the registers are right in front of the women's clothes, and then we would go. When I was done checking the men's stuff, I see my girlfriend walking towards the food section. In my head, I was wondering why she was going there, so I started following her to catch up to her, and I see her suddenly turn left. So I ran and turned left, and no one was there. It was an empty aisle, and I was kind of confused, so I ran some more looking for her, thinking she was messing with me, and maybe went to the next aisle, and let it, there wasn't anybody near there, and I was confused on where she would have gone. So I decided to just call her up, and I said, Hey, where are you, and... Why did you go to the food aisle? I told you I'd meet back up with you in the women's clothes. And she said, I'm in the women's clothes. I've been in the same spot. Immediately I said, I just saw you walk here referring to the section I'm at. And she was really confused. I ran towards the women's section and found her and told her what happened and what I saw. And she said, maybe I mistook someone else for her, but my girlfriend is a pretty distinct girl. She's five feet nine and has really long blonde hair and is decked out completely in Disney. She was definitely weirded out, but kind of just shrugged it off, but honestly, I have no clue what happened. I was only like seven feet from her when she turned the aisle, and I don't think she would have made it all the way down to the next aisle by the time I turned into it. And I ran around the entire vicinity looking for her because I thought it was weird. She was legit trying on clothes when I met back up with her at the women's section. Who the F did I see? Or what was it? The fact this happened at Walmart, of all places, is weird in itself. But it really did freak me out. Ain't it? I know people are gonna think, oh, you just saw someone who looked like your girlfriend. But she was wearing something very specific. A Disneyland jersey, which you get only from the park with Disney Crocs. We live in a retirement town near Rez in the valley, so not many five-feet-nine blonde girls decked out in Disney here. Plus, the girl I saw disappeared, basically in the thin air, so even if it was a girl who looked like my girlfriend still was weird as F. I left my home driving to work. I took my usual route, which is Grouse Flats Road. We are out in an isolated area where there is nothing but farm fields and woods, and at approximately 5.40 a.m. I seen something in my head, lights crossing the gravel road. It was a large, bulky figure, and as I was approaching closer, I could see it was covered with a lot of hair. It appeared to be dark brown. It seemed to be taller, 
than average height, and it moved at a quick pace. I was only seeing a side view of it, but it had a long arm, which was moving in a very exaggerated way, not, not like how a person would move their arm. It never stopped to look at me or anything, it just kept moving. A few years ago, in my previous home, I saw a strange aberration in the hallway by my son's room. It looked like a hazy, distorted image of a humanoid figure. I did not think much of it, and thought it was just my mind thinking something was there that really wasn't. I occurred a few times, but then one day I heard my son screaming and crying. I could tell from his cry that it was something serious and not him, just being upset about something. I ran into his room, and he was crying, saying that there was a big scary man in his room and scaring him. It was one of the weirdest and scariest moments of my life. I knew there was no one else in the house, but could tell my son was truly terrified from whatever had just happened to him. My wife was with me when this happened, and afterwards she told me she had seen the same thing I'd seen, but also thought nothing of it. We had a spare bedroom by the kids' room where the grandparents stayed when they were in town. They also spoke of hearing footsteps at night and voices. I personally never experienced those, but that just made the whole situation even stranger. I am an Orthodox priest from Russia. In 2020, one in the Crimea in the mountains above Yalta, I personally saw Bigfoot. It was attracted by the sound of the whistle on which I played in the Yukosh track. Bigfoot went out to a rock, located opposite the west of me. I was on the east side of the gorge. There were about 300 meters between us. It looked tall, strikingly taller than a man, massive body and shoulders, long arms and long legs. While I took out the camera to photograph him, he went up the slope with huge steps of about two meters approximately. When I photographed the place where he was, all the pictures were overexposed, and my Canon and EOS 5D Mark II let me down for the first time. Such is the short story of my second, and such a bright meeting with Bigfoot. Ninety-five years ago, one night I was at a friend's house out in the country in Vesper, Wisconsin, when my friend's car turned in and came rushing up the driveway. The car came to a halt and two of my other friends jumped out. They explained that they had seen something they just couldn't describe. I asked them if they got a good look at whatever had them so shook up. They looked at each other and said yes. They said they were driving through the country on their way to join us and were driving past a farm when they noticed something in the ditch. The friend who was driving said he flashed his brights to get a better look, and whatever it was raised up and ran across the road on all fours. It looked like it could walk on two legs if it wanted to, they both said. They also said it looked like it was half dog, half man, or maybe half dog and half monkey. We couldn't explain how the creature looked any better than that. They just kept trying to compare it to other animals. They said they were about 20 yards from it. The brights were on, and they got a good look at it. Well, that's the story. I'll never forget how stricken their faces were with panic and fear. I don't think they were lying. 
This happened somewhere between 2007 2011. Summer or fall. Clear sky with a full moon, if I remember right. It wasn't too long after sunset. My friend and I were walking through a cemetery on the edge of town. As we were walking down the main lane through the cemetery, something came running from the gate and passed us on our left. My friend had laughed and asked if I had heard that, and I stopped, walking and responded that no, but I had seen it. As the thing had passed between headstones, I caught a look. Looked like a pale, emaciated humanoid that was running on all fours. It had no hair at all that I could see, and I did not get a look at the face. It was moving far faster than any person running on hands' feet should have been able to. My friend and I just stayed frozen there and waited for another friend to come and get us because we were too scared to move. It continued to circle us as we could hear it moving around. It never seemed threatening. If anything, it seemed curious, scared of us. But who knows? I do know that it was not a coyote or a stray dog. I never saw the face, but I did see the head. It did not have a muzzle. There was no tail either. It definitely didn't have fur. It had pale, almost bluish skin, and I remember I could make out the ribs from where I was standing. Forgive me if this is a hot mess of a post. I was up all night researching this thing, and when I did fall asleep, I didn't sleep well. I was driving down the highway one night around 3 a.m. heading home from work. Usually, I would only pass one car every few minutes. Per usual, I saw lone headlights coming over the hill towards me on the other side of the highway. As they got within about 300 yards or so, they abruptly turned almost at a 90-degree angle towards the woods. I was confused at first due to the darkness, thinking it was a wild teenager taking an exit at high speed. The headlights came bulleting out of the woods straight over the highway and towards me. So I slammed the brakes and the car flipped and spun around upside down and landed against the guardrail on my right. I was stopped at this point and ran out to help. A man bloody crawled out of his upside-down car and all he said was, Don't call the police. He pulled himself over the guardrail and stumbled down towards the wood line and disappeared. So I got in my car and went home. When I was still in elementary school, me and my family used to spend all summer at my great-uncle's house. Me and my family slept in the same room, except for my sister, who'd sleep on a bed in the living room, and my great-uncle, who'd sleep in his own room. That one was a pretty normal day. We went to the beach. We ate some pizza. And then, at around 10 p.m., we all went to sleep. At around 4 a.m., I suddenly woke up because someone was throwing things around in the kitchen plastic cups, containers, food, etc. The door was open so I was able to see the light coming from the kitchen. So when I had enough of all that noise, I got up from the bed. At first, something seemed off. I thought I was having some sort of strange dream, and as any rational kid would do, I tried to see if I could bend fire. Who wouldn't want a fire bend, right? I couldn't. I wasn't dreaming. My father wasn't in his bed, but... I didn't care much, since maybe he was just in the bathroom. My great-uncle was fairly old and had trouble sleeping at night, so I thought he just went into the kitchen to get some water. Uncle? Uncle? Are you all right? All this noise woke me up. 
I said while making my way to the kitchen. To my surprise, the room was empty. But the light was on, and the fridge was open with a can of Coke laying in front of it. What? I thought. I looked up to the shelf that was to my right, and I saw what was making that noise. Some sort of short creature, around thirty centimeter tall, a gnome, you'd say, was looking at me, terrified. He was terrified because I saw him. I thought to myself, he's going to hurt me. Better if I fake to faint. And so I did. After a couple of seconds, I opened my eyes, and I saw that I wasn't on the kitchen floor anymore. I was in a strange, colorful tunnel. I got scared again, closed my eyes one more time. After a minute that felt like eternity, I reopened them, and I was laying in my bed. There were still sounds coming from the kitchen, but I was scared and just waited for them to stop. And before sunrise, they did. That wasn't the only encounter I had with that dude. But I never saw it again. I'd only hear him because I was, and damn, too scared to see him again. I don't know what he was doing exactly, but I'm sure I wasn't supposed to see him. I know it sounds crazy, but feel free to ask me anything about this. I grew up in southern Georgia in the woods and swamps hunting and hanging daily. Fast forward 20 years. I'm on my lease hunting property near Whitmire, South Carolina. I found it strange that the old guys in the club would never, ever hunt alone in these woods. I normally carry a .30-06 rifle while in the woods. One evening it was getting late, twenty minutes or so, maybe before dark. I'm watching some small ponds, sitting over a road in the tall pines. I'm in my climber maybe ten feet or so up in the tree. I love the woods, but hate heights. The woods are loud, but then very quiet. Okay, I thought. I was just hoping for a big buck. Next thing I hear is someone walking towards me in the small pines, but then they just stop. It's getting really dark. I start hearing deep groans where the walking had stopped. I'm thinking that it was a bear or a cat, which would be very uncommon in this area. A big cat, maybe. But bears this far south is not normal. It gets very quiet again. I could see the small road well in the moonlight. The next thing I hear, the groans are immediately under me, almost beside me. Now the groans are becoming growls. Also, the odor was a bit overwhelming, just like a dead animal in the woods. I thought that a stinky animal was climbing on my tree and felt like I was going to be grabbed. I started moving a bit, trying to get my gun pointed down and lifting my feet. I was shaking because I was freaking scared. I could hear heavy breaths. I started yelling down. If you're a club member trespassing, I don't care. Just identify yourself or I'm going to freaking start shooting. I thought someone was trying to get at me in the tree stand. I never heard another sound and the foul odor was gone. I put my gun on my back and started slowly climbing down the tree. No more than two or three steps down the tree I smelled that awful odor again. Then I heard a low groan. It was right in front of my face, but it was so dark that I saw nothing. It scared me so bad I stood up and jumped into the dark in the other direction. When I hit the ground, I rolled around, jumped to my feet, and ran down to the road. I ran as hard as I could to the gravel road where I could see well in moonlight. At this time, I remembered that my buddy was down at the bottom of the road in the small pines where I put him in a big box stand. I didn't see his light. 
so I had to run down that road to get to the bottom by the rivers. He was down by the rivers. When I ran up to him, he said, Man, there's some weird ST going down. We need to go. We slowly walked together back up toward the gravel road. I heard someone walking on both sides of us all the way. I think my buddy was hearing it too. We didn't speak during the entire walk, maybe five to six hundred yards for some reason. I didn't feel my gun was going to help. I had hollered earlier threatening to shoot, and whoever this was, they weren't scared. When we got to the gravel road, the entire atmosphere had changed. It was almost eleven o'clock at night by then. My buddy didn't talk much. We went back to camp and had some food. We went to bed. I could hear him rolling around all night, and I didn't sleep a wink. When I was about seven or eight, I had a disturbing encounter with some kind of creature or entity. I lived in the Appalachian mountain range of Pennsylvania. It was November, around when daylight saving time occurred. I remember it was supposed to be a school day, but since the snow was so heavy, the buses were not able to drive out in the morning, so school was canceled for a snow day. I was so excited to spend the rest of the day outside in the snow. We had an acre of property, going quite far back into the woods. I was walking deep into the forest to a small frozen pond past my property line. All of a sudden, the woods went dead silent. No birds, no wildlife scurrying around, absolutely nothing. I remember thinking it was strange, but kept walking to make it to the pond. I should have turned around right then and there, but was just a naive little kid. After I reached the pond, everything was still completely silent, and the hairs on the back of my neck felt like they were rising. I started to get frightened, but I didn't know why. I felt like something really bad was going to happened to me if I didn't leave at that moment, so I decided to run back home. As I arrived to my backyard, I realized it was so late and the sun was actually setting. My mom came running outside asking where I was literally all day and to never ever disappear like that ever again. None of this made sense to me because I had only been outside for about 20 minutes. I left my house with my snow gear on at around 10 a.m., right after getting the snow day call. It was now almost 8 p.m., meaning I had been gone for around 10 hours. I had no idea what happened and how I had been gone for such a long period of time. I remember only being out there for such a short period of time. I don't know if this was a skinwalker encounter or even a wendigo encounter. Has anyone else had this happen to them? Was it some kind of creature? I didn't see anything at all while out there. I didn't lose track of time, and I didn't fall and hit my head or anything. What do you think happened? Please let me know in the comments. I had always dreamed of living in a small town with friendly neighbors and a cozy house. So when I got a job offer in a picturesque town in the middle of nowhere, I jumped at the chance. I found a charming little house on the outskirts of town, moved in without a second thought. At first, everything seemed perfect. The house was just what I wanted. The neighbors were friendly, and the town had a quaint charm that I couldn't resist. But soon, strange things started happening. Objects would move on their own. 
Strange noises would wake me up in the middle of the night, and I would see ghostly figures in the shadows. I brushed it off as my imagination playing tricks on me, but things only got worse. One night, I woke up to find a group of Native American spirits standing at the foot of my bed. They looked angry and vengeful, and I knew that something was terribly wrong. I asked them what they wanted, and they just stood silent. When I covered my face with blanket, they disappeared. Next morning, I did some research and discovered that my house had been built on a sacred Native American burial ground. The spirits were angry that their resting place had been disturbed, and I suppose they were seeking revenge or something. I called the local park ranger for help. He was a friendly guy who knew a lot about the local history and culture. He came to my house and performed a ritual to banish the spirits. At least it looked like it. I did felt a sense of relief as the spirits faded away, but my relief was short-lived. As the park ranger left, I started to shake. I called him with my last dying breath, and he rushed inside. I was lying on the ground, my body twisted in unnatural ways. I realized with horror that this is it. I'm dying. Local newspapers said that the park ranger had unintentionally killed a young woman while trying to banish the spirits. Later on, he was filled with grief and guilt. He was comprehended by police because he was a suspect of a murder. No one knew that the park ranger had been trying to help young woman, and his actions unintentionally had led to tragedy. He was devastated by what had happened and, in the end, ended his life. I am Jack, a park ranger responsible for ensuring the safety of visitors and the preservation of our natural environment. But my latest task was to escort a group of scientists into a remote part of the park to study a rare and mysterious species of plant. The journey to the research site was long and arduous, and we had to cross several rivers and steep cliffs. The plant was said to have unique properties that could be used to develop new medicines and treatments for various diseases. I was excited to be part of such an important scientific endeavor, but little did I know that it would be a journey of horror and terror. When we arrived at the research site, I noticed the plant was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and had a deep crimson color with sharp thorns along its stem. The scientists, including Dr. Sarah, Dr. John, and Dr. Lee, were thrilled at the prospect of studying it. As they began their research, they discovered that the plant had powerful and dangerous properties. It could cause hallucinations, and those who consumed it could experience strange and terrifying visions. However, the scientists were not deterred and continued to conduct their experiments. But as the days went by, we began to notice that something was off. The forest around us became eerily quiet, and the animals disappeared. The only sound we could hear was the sound of our own breathing and the rustling of the leaves and the wind. One evening, as we were preparing to sleep, we heard a loud and disturbing noise coming from the forest. It sounded like a human scream, but it was mixed with an unearthly growl. We were all frightened, but we tried to brush it off as just a wild animal in the forest. But the next morning we discovered something that would change everything. One of the scientists, Dr. Lee, was missing. We searched the entire area, but there was no trace of him. 
His tent was empty and his equipment was scattered around the site. We began to realize that we were being hunted by something that wanted to keep the plant's secrets hidden at all costs. We could feel its presence in the forest, watching us, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. The atmosphere around us became increasingly tense, and we were all on edge. We tried to stay together and keep our wits about us, but the fear was overwhelming. We had no idea what we were up against. As the days went on, more and more of us began to disappear. The creature that was hunting us was becoming bolder, and we could hear it moving closer to our camp every night. We were running out of time, and we knew we had to find a way out of there before it was too late. One night, as we were preparing to defend ourselves against the creature, we heard a strange noise coming from the plant. It was a low humming sound, and it seemed to be coming from deep within the stem. The scientists were intrigued, but I knew we had to get out of there. We began to pack our gear and prepare to leave when suddenly the creature attacked. It was a massive creature, with glowing eyes and sharp claws. It moved with incredible speed, and we were no match for it. In the chaos, I grabbed the plant and fled. I knew that it was our only hope of understanding what had happened and what was at stake. The plant hummed in my arms, and I could feel its power. As I made my way back to civilization, I could feel the creature's presence behind me, but I kept running. I knew that I had to get this plant to safety no matter what it took. In the end, I made it back to civilization, but the memory of that night still haunts me. The plant was studied extensively, and it was discovered that it had mind-altering properties. It could induce hallucinations and manipulate one's perception of reality. It was a powerful substance, but it came at a great cost. The scientists who were with me never made it out of the forest alive. Their fate remains unknown, and I fear that they were consumed by the very plant they sought to study. I was lucky to have escaped with my life, but I am forever haunted by the horrors I witnessed. The plant was eventually destroyed, and the area where it was found was declared off-limits. The government deemed it too dangerous to be accessed by anyone, and it was sealed off permanently. But I know that the creature still lurks in the shadows, waiting for its next victim. It was created by the same experiments that produced the plant, and it will stop at nothing to protect its secrets. I often wonder what would have happened if we had never discovered that plant. Would we have remained safe, oblivious to the horrors that lurked in the shadows? Or was it always destined to be unleashed, to wreak havoc on the world? I may never know the answer, but one thing is for certain. That night in the forest changed me forever. It showed me that there are things in this world that we cannot control, things that are beyond our understanding. And it taught me to always be wary of the unknown, for it may be far more dangerous than we could ever imagine. I've done some extensive researches to find an explanation on what me and three other friends witnessed in broad daylight, and that research led me here. A couple friends and I were traveling along I-40 when we needed to stop and gallop to fill up the gas tank. The time was about 4 p.m. or so, and we pulled into the town. There was a gas station close by to the entrance, so we decided to go there, and as we waited in the turning lane, we noticed a girl or boy 
We couldn't tell what this person was because it had a hoodie on with the hood tightly secured around its head. As it walked in front of our vehicle, it turned to look at us and the face we saw was not human at all. It had a long face with a pointy chin, a small nose and very big, elongated eyes. So of course we all flipped the F out for a brief second as it turned away and began running. We attempted to follow it, but in a matter of five seconds it was gone. I'm hoping locals have seen similar things, because the only two guesses we have is that what we saw was either an alien or a shapeshifter similar to a skinwalker. I want to return to Gallup soon and stay for a few nights to really gain some clarity to it all. New Mexico has always been very mystical, and this is one of many experiences we had while just simply passing through.